you can get better at something that you don't try. So just try it. Yeah, just just keep trying and and you will meet people that will give you great advice. That was the voice of Juin Dang Beijing, my good friend. He was gracious enough to accept to be the very first guest on our show. Juin currently works as a business development manager for a large multinational corporation in the power and utility sector. On this episode, the first of a two-part series, Juin and I talk about his childhood, growing up in the Republic of Benin, and his journey to Montreal, Canada, where he studied electrical engineering. Enjoy the show. Okay, Jurin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, it's uh, it's such a pleasure to to have you here and uh, you know chat with you, so our listeners can hear your story, which I know is a very, very interesting one. So um, to kick things off, where were you born? Benin, West Africa, which uh, I think probably most people won't know, <laughs> unless you are from Africa. Um, it is a it is a sandwich between Nigeria and Togo, uh, on the west coast. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm from. It's a really tiny country. I like to joke that you have to zoom to find the way I, I, I was born. On the when you go to when you go to the map, you, you definitely have to zoom in order to find Benin. Yeah, it is a really tiny country. Uh, did Did you grow up in Benin, or did you um, leave Benin um, when you were very little? No, no, I grew up in Benin uh, I, uh, until, until I was 19 years old. So I did all my teenage years in Benin, went to primary school, high school. Okay, that's interesting. Can, can you, can you um, talk to us about your, your growing up in Benin? How was, how was the experience in Benin for you? I was born in the 80s. Um, so I would say at that time, for us young people, I mean, you, you don't rea- you, are, you don't really realize what's going on, right? Uh, you just live under the umbrella of the parents. We, we used to live in uh, a suburb of Kutunu, uh, which is the economical capital for, for Benin. And then uh, when I started the high school, we moved to Kutunu, actually. So, so I had, I had, uh, I think I had I had good 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 time growing up in Benin. I can't really recall any major issue. I think it was a really peaceful country, so we didn't have any of the political unrest that we are used to in Africa. It was really peaceful, and uh, it was it was a period where the country was really focused on developing our economical and social sector. So yeah, it was really relatively good. I would say. That's interesting to, to, to hear. No, but you're right. You know, Africa, uh, back in the 80s, lots of um, coup d'etat governments toppling each other. You heard about those um, sort of um, incidents. It was rife all through Africa. But it, it was good to know that uh, Benin was uh, stable politically. Yeah. And I'm sure that contributed economically as well to the development of the country. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So... You you grew up in Benin. You attended um, elementary all the way to high school, and then at some point you wanted to get into university or college. And that I'd say was the point where uh, you decided to venture 
out of Africa. Can, can you walk us through that journey? And I mean, that story, how you came up with the idea to, to move out of Africa? Um, that is a good question. Uh, I think it's all started with a vision that my dad had back then. He always wanted to send his child abroad for study. And I think that is a general wish for African parents, like anywhere in Africa. That is at the top of their priority or their wishes. And uh, yeah, so, so he had the vision. Uh, and plus back then, um, I, I wanted to see other things. So, you know, you come at an age where you want to get out of the nest and do your own things and uh, find out what, what, is, what, what else is out there, you know. So I've been in Benin for a while, for like for my whole life. And I was pretty excited. Like, you know, now I can go out and see what is out there, you know. <laughs> And uh, Absolutely. so, I mean, at that time, most of my friends, everybody was going to Europe because if you go back to the colonial times, that's the natural place you go, right, in Europe. I, I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to just follow what everybody was doing. Um, so it took me about a year to find out that uh, to really, I mean, first to, to find out that I want to go to Canada for my university uh, years and, and then go through all the process to get the visa and set up in, uh, I mean, first get an admission in one university and then get the visa and then come over here. So um, you're right, Benin was colonized by France. So it's natural for most people who want to go abroad from Francophone West Africa to migrate to mostly the French, the French world, right? Yeah. So, but for you, you decided to do something different. You decided to move to North America, yeah. to Canada. So why Canada? Why, why Canada? I think that, that it was the only country in America where I could still use my French I see. <laughs> and uh, I was pretty adamant that I mean I already lost a year trying to figure out how to come to Canada and uh, I didn't want to lose another year trying to learn English <laughs> okay. so Canada was kind of uh, the clear choice because of uh, Quebec uh, the French-speaking province uh, in Canada so that that's how I made the selection <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so you decide that you wanted to move to Canada. Canada was a top country of choice. And because you're French-speaking, you decide to move to Montreal so you, you can interact and um, integrate with the society. Tell me, how was that feeling? You know, the day that you packed your bags, probably with your parents dropping you off at the airport, and it was time for you to go to Canada. How was that feeling? Can you, can you yeah. describe it a bit? If you still remember, because it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I think it was kind of a mixed feeling. Uh, I think the family was happy for me. Um, and I was happy too, because it, it was a long year. It was a one-year process, right? Where you go through all the hoops and all the up and down and all the immigration process and finding out... Uh, which university you should go, which, uh, which discipline you want to study. So it was a, like a one-year project, basically. And uh, 
to kind of get to the result, a positive result was good. But at the same time, I knew that I was gone for about at least four years before I see anybody else I mean, physically. And uh, by, I mean, back in the 2000, uh, we didn't have WhatsApp or Zoom or anything to do video call. That right? is correct. And even when you want to test, uh, you, we were using SMS testing, right? Which was expensive back that then. That is right? correct. So I knew that time with my parents and the family that I was going to miss for sure. And that was a sacrifice to pay. Um, but uh, I knew that that was the right direction to take for the whole family. And not just for me, but the whole family. So somebody had to do it at one point. <laughs> so I guess I was the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, you had to go test the waters, right? To see um, what's out there yeah. before, yeah. before yeah. your siblings <laughs> follow behind you. I'm sure, of course, um, a lot of mixed emotions. You've grown up here, you've been with your folks and your family, and now you'd have to leave and go to you know, a foreign country, uh, not knowing what to expect, not knowing things totally different from how things are at home. So I'm sure there probably was a bit of apprehension, but at the same time, there was a bit of excitement, right? Uh, you know, you were finally yeah. pursuing your dream and your parents, of course, were yeah. excited knowing that that's what they wanted for you. Okay, that's, that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's good to know. So now you arrive at Montreal. Do you still remember that feeling, that very first day you, you got off the airplane, you no longer been in, now you're in Montreal, Quebec. Could you still re remember and describe how the feeling was? So everything was new, right? So you, you were selected to be at a new place to kind of see something different than what you've seen for the last few years. Uh, and you kind of embrace that change, right? It, it is, it is, uh, it, bring, it brings some excitement and some feeling of hope uh, that, okay, everything is possible, right? And, uh, but at the same time, you know, I, when I was moving to Montreal, I, I, knew, knew, I knew nobody in Montreal. I didn't have a cousin or a parent or a friend. So I was just taking my two suitcases and landing in Montreal and that's it. And I knew when, when I landed and passed the immigration, the next thing for me, it was pretty late, late in the afternoon anyway. And of course, I, I didn't even plan where to sleep that day, you know. Mm. <laughs> so I, I knew that, okay, I come, I, once I landed, I will just find a hotel and stay there for like a couple of weeks. And uh, the time that I go to the university and link up with the uh foreign student uh, office to kind of seek mm -hmm. help. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really, it was really good. But I mean, one thing my mom always said is, said is as long as you, you, you know how to read, uh, you should be fine. So I love just... that. I love that. <laughs> and it's the truth, right? As long as you know how to read, yeah. you can read the signs and yeah, find you... your way. Yeah, you will find your way. So don't, don't, you should. The only thing you have to figure out is how to get to the hotel, and it's something that they and that's it. <laughs> you figure the rest out, right, from the next day. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh yeah. no, this is good. Okay. this is good to know. So you you arrive in Montreal, you know, excitement. You got your two suitcases with you, looking for the next available hotel to check into, right? At least put your head down and rest. Now you you get to the hotel, right? I'm sure you found your way to a hotel the night, and then the next day. Yeah. yeah. So the next day, and I mean, I knew exactly what I had to do. I wanted to go to the university campus, right? And uh, so I call a cab and tell them, okay, this is the place I want to go. Just take me there. <laughs> then I got to the campus, and then I start. I needed to find what is the student office, right? And that that is really really helpful. That university you have your student office where you can go and and uh, you can ask for any question. So that was really, that was a really big resource I used uh, at the beginning. And I think the the ladies that were there was really helpful. Like she kind of kind of went through this before, so she knows exactly what to tell me. <laughs> This is what this is what you need to do. Okay. <laughs> so so I kind of get a bit of direction from her, and uh, and then uh, from there, uh, yeah, from there I knew. Okay, uh, the next thing, the next thing, and the next priority is to find a, uh, a an apartment or make sure that I have a uh, a place at the campus in the residence. Okay. Uh, yeah, because because school was gonna. So I, I landed in I think I landed in July, and we were starting school this semester in okay. August. Uh, so I had like a month to kind of figure out. Okay, I need to find a place. I need to set myself up, and uh, and then once I found a place, I just start visiting the city. That's like I went to view Montreal, uh, view Montreal, old Montreal. I went to downtown. Uh, yeah, I just tried to learn as much as I can from about the city before the school Beautiful. start. Beautiful. So uh, you 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 just mentioned something I was going to ask you. I wanted to know what um, time in the year you came in, and you came in July. So that's an amazing time to come yeah. to Canada, right? <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you can, you can, you can avoid coming in winter. Yeah, try try not to come in winter. Yeah, especially uh, coming from West Africa, where it's hot and humid, and yes. coming, so it's a great time to come in. Um, it's it's warm, yeah. not so different it's from warm, from back yeah. home. So that's that's great. Yeah. So now. You know, I'm going to try to, um, you know, lump the whole university experience together. Let's, you know, let's talk about it in one stretch, right? Um, could, could you could you tell me how your experience, you know, was you know, going through university from your freshman year until you graduated? Uh, in, in terms of the level of acceptance, how did you feel with relationship with other students? Were you able to, to make friends and how was, it easy, how was it easy for you to integrate into the, the university community? So I think the, the study was not hard. The integration was really hard. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if the two are distinct or whether the other influence, they, they influence each other. But in my case, I was able to put the integration issue on the side and focus on my study. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm an introvert by character. And uh, so that it wasn't easy for me to kind of reach out to other people or kind of uh, get out of the African community on campus and kind of see what is out there or with with the uh, Quebec or Canadian community, you know. Uh, and and one thing that didn't help with that is I was taking a lot of courses in a semester. I think I was between six or seven courses a oh, semester. Wow. 
And that, that didn't help. And I'm glad now they kind of uh, put some regulation on that where you that there is a maximum cost you can take. Back then, take as many <laughs> as you can. <laughs> as long as you can survive. <laughs> yeah, because it does, it does help with the integration because you have more time to, to for other extracurricular activities, right? Uh, yeah, so I would say in the first in the first early years, I was really really just in my book. Yeah, I was just uh, went went to class, uh, do my homework, go back home, eat, and then the next day you do it again. You know, <laughs> yeah. So so the integration in the first two years was really hard for me, and plus I, I was not I wasn't able to find a place on in the residence in the school. Uh, so I was renting an apartment somewhere else. So I was kind of detached from the university community. And uh, until, I would say until the, I would say the last year where I was, I found a place back in the university. Then I, I discovered a, a whole other things that I can do, like uh, play soccer with friends, play basketball. Uh, we had tournaments within the university. And yeah, I, I, and then I enjoyed that last year. Um, and luckily, the, I mean, luckily, the first two years, I was able to build kind of a good foundation for my mm. school for in terms of grade and uh, uh, knowing the basic of what you, I came to learn. And the third year was kind of uh, kind of easier. I, I got time to to uh, to do other things and just just okay. the book. <laughs> OK, yeah. so so was um, in your third year, you actually started integrating with the university community, making friends and involving okay. in extracurricular yeah. activities and yeah. now okay so now you do that you're now involved integrated it would have been better if maybe the university provided accommodation for you as an international student or made sure you got somewhere on campus so you could integrate from day one right so i mean in hindsight that would have been um, a, a preferable route right but anyways you yeah. you uh, persevered you put your put your head down in your books and studied got great grades and in third year you were able to start integrating so now you graduate right did you yeah. think of going back to benin at that point in time or did you have in mind that you're here to stay now and you're gonna find a job here and build a life here No, no, I didn't think about going back at that time. Um, and so my, I guess when I was finishing uh, university, I think my, my, my priority was to get a job and, and um, help out my sister that was coming to doing the same, they say going through the same journey. Uh, so because, you know, when you go abroad, uh, especially from Africa, it's, you kind of have a duty to kind of uh, help your sibling to kind of benefit from the same experience mm. that you, you just went through. And, it, and it, it is expensive, right? It, it is, is really expensive. Um, so yeah, I was pretty conscious that I couldn't be that burden just to mom and dad. So although, although I could have continued and go and do a Master or research, I say no. I need I need to get a job and kind of help out. So yeah, so I think I, I I didn't I didn't think about it twice. I I knew okay that was the rational logical mm. things to do. And uh, then I got a job and then yeah, then start working <laughs> working since then. Yeah. Oh no, I mean this is this is good. It's I mean it's yeah. 
it's that you know you were you were still attached to your family. You knew where you were coming from, even though you'd spent time you know in in, in Montreal studying. You still knew that you had some responsibility, you know, for you for your family and for your siblings. That's yeah. um, that's amazing. That's amazing. That that drove you to to look for for a job and get into the workforce as quickly as possible. So tell 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 us tell us a bit about your your yeah. experience with job hunting, you know, as you as you went out there. Oh, I think I was really lucky in that sense. Uh, I actually find the job before finishing university. Amazing. So I had some something lined up, right? Um, which I mean, I, I mean, I knew I was still looking, but I knew okay, something was there. So it kind of made made easier for me to finish the last semester because I know okay, there is a job at the end of the tunnel. So I I don't think I really hunted for job. So I, I didn't learn how to hunt job in the Canadian contest at that time. Okay. I, I learned that later on in my career, how to do this. And I always say still now, I'm still not good at it. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, I, I, I just went to a campus interview and it works out well. And uh, yeah, mm. so yeah, it, everything just worked out. I guess I had a lucky star somewhere. <laughs> well, well you, you say you say luck, right? Um, but it it does seem that the the years you put in and all the efforts you put into your academics probably set you up for that no yeah yeah i think my my academic grade grade were, were the main factor um and uh and plus i had i was i mean moving in the third year to residential um department on campus and doing all this extracurricular activity kind of boost my resume as well okay. because uh Started at thirty. I wasn't just uh, someone who was just uh, in his book. I was doing much, much other stuff okay. now in in the in the university community. So yeah, I was. I guess I was able to sell myself well in that interview and <laughs> landed the Very job nice. somehow. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. Let's take it forward to you know something you mentioned. You know, as you as you spoke, you said that job hunting in the Canadian context that you you know you didn't learn how to do it at that time, and you you say you probably still need to learn you know how to do it even now. So, um, what do you mean by that? What what do you mean by job hunting in the Canadian context? Because I'm sure some of our listeners will be um, listening now and say, oh, so there's a way to do job hunting in Canada. That's interesting. Uh, could you could you throw throw some light on, on what you mean by that? That concludes part one of my conversation with Jorin. Check back next week for part two, where we talk about life in Canada, challenges, and tips that you might find useful. I am your host, Stanley Opar. See you then.